Civilized Parking is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Browns ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real-time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals, sometimes with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app, and they've discovered the fastest, easiest way to get in the game. The GameTime app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. With an easy two-tap checkout, you'll get your tickets and be done fast. So head over to the App Store or the Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson, Jason Lloyd, and Tom Reed. Well, you heard the man at Civilized Barking. <laughs> I'm Zach Jackson. He's Tom Reed. Jason is on another assignment. So we were here. Um, we thought we knew what to expect, Tom. It wasn't entirely different than what we expected, at least not in terms of a two-touchdown victory, right? At least not in terms of Nick Chubb continues to show uh, that he's a force to be reckoned with, although his fumbles obviously loomed large. We had the all-time Browns play where Joel Batonio kicks the ball out of Nick Chubb's hand. But, guys, um, the Browns are a mess. The head coach appears to be in over his head. The game management decisions are awful. The discipline is awful. Uh, and Odell Beckham, wide open on the sideline, doesn't catch a pass. And it's not a perfect pass, and it's not a flashy play. The plays aren't getting made. And unfortunately, the two guys sitting here, uh, last time we were out in this part of the country was a late Monday night, early t- Tuesday morning after week two, and the Browns beat up on the Jets' JV team. And we said, I'm afraid this team's going to be 2-5. and five. And now they're 2-5. and five. Monday night, the Steelers will beat the Dolphins, and the Browns will be in third place and have two wins on Halloween. And everything about that, just like most everything about today's game, is a complete disappointment. Without question, and I I think we'll get into this, but, you know, I I think Freddie Kitchens has had some rough moments uh, this season. He's had some plays that really stick out. But I think this is going to be the game uh, when fans look back, at least in the first seven weeks, that say, wow, this he had a rough, rough uh, evening here against Bill Belichick, who won his 300th game. And there were some curious decisions. There were a ton of penalties. It was a poor start for a team that had it that, that that was coming off a bye week where you'd think some of this stuff would get cleaned up. 13 penalties, Zach. 13 penalties in this game. And again, some just curious play calls, some bad challenges on, on, on plays. And later in the game where they there was a potential fumble by Julian Edelman, they couldn't even challenge it because they they were out of challenges. Uh, so, yeah, Pathetic. really rough day. Yeah, so look, the Patriots aren't unbeatable, but we know they're good, right? We know the mystique of playing them. We know part of their MO is that they are flexible, they are disciplined, they are smart, they maximize the sum of their parts, right? And they attack what your weaknesses are. They try to take away your strengths. Well, we know the Browns' weaknesses have been game management and discipline and those things. And so the Browns become the first NFL team this year to turn the ball over three times in the first quarter, and they do it on three consecutive plays. And um, the Browns try to run a cute little shovel pass, and I get what they're trying to do. 
And apparently Joel Petonio told you after the game that they had changed defensive alignments, which which isn't surprising. I'll let you speak on in a minute. But my problem with that play, Tom, is obviously they're faking one of their bread-and-butter run plays, which is Chubb lined up next to the quarterback on his right side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've been doing it. We, we've seen Chubb run it. And Baker goes ahead and chucks it. It's a little counter action to Landry trying to get it going. We know good things happen, but it goes right to Lawrence Guy. And two plays later, it's 17 nothing. And, and the Browns, frankly, for the quarter and a half that followed that, thereabouts, um, played some of their best football. But you just cannot do that. You just cannot spot this team 17. The game's over on the spot. It's the first yeah. quarter. It's 5 o'clock in the afternoon, 425 yeah. kickoff. Yeah, without question. <laughs> with, without question. Uh, you know, uh, we, we spoke after the game. I think Freddie might have said that they needed to block the play better. Is that correct? You were in the – you were in the, in the Yes. He said uh, we didn't block the end. Yeah, and I, I, I spoke to Joel Tonio about it, and Joel, was, that's, the, that's his guy. That's the guy he was trying to get at. He said that – and this is one of those things you wonder, and I don't want to put words into, into, into anyone's mouth here, but normally they said that when they run that play, it's normally against a 4-3. And then at this point, they lined up in a 3-4, which means Joel Tonio had to get out farther to get uh, a Lawrence guy on that play. And he he was uh, Joel basically said well, you know guy read it all the way. He okay, well going, that has to be diagnosed pre snap. Yeah, though that's that's my point. I'm wondering right. with a young quarterback there, is 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 that a situation where maybe a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers or somebody sees that and says we got to get check out of this play or we can't run this play or Correct. take a timeout timeout. Instead they go ahead and run it. Uh, you could see. I mean it's easy for us to sit up here, but the play uh, Lawrence he looked like the intended receiver. Yeah, I mean he was. I mean it right was a there. shovel right into his belly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I actually kind of hit him in the in the uh, mask before he finally corralled it. But you just that it was a, to me it was just a bad play call, a bad decision by Baker to run the play when he saw that, and then again just maybe not throw maybe throw it to the ground or something. But that that killed him right there. Right. All right. You guys all watched the game, uh, obviously, if you're listening to this. Um, we, we were in the stadium. We were in the press conference afterwards. I was in the press conference. Tom was in the locker room. So I, before we go too far into Freddie or that play or a couple of others and a couple of the head-scratching decisions where you give away the challenges and deliberately take a false start later, I just want to say this, guys. Uh, Freddie comes in the locker room, and he looks like a beaten man. He is. Uh, or I mean, in the press room, excuse me. Everybody's kind of sitting around, um, you know, how nobody really wants to be first to ask the difficult question, but it needs to be asked right off the bat. Um, someone asked that interception and Terry and uh, Terry Pluto's who asked it, I believe Freddie gives a two word answer, you know, a three word answer. We didn't block the guy, whatever. And I know that that's a little bit rambling, but the point I'm trying to make here, guys, is unfortunately this feels and sounds like every other year we sit in the damn press room after a loss we wonder why simple things weren't executed. We ask for explanations on decisions that are somewhere between mystifying and straight boneheaded. And here is the same answer. Different guy. <laughs> different, different explanation that doesn't add up. And the Browns are two and five. Yeah. And, you know, the, 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 I will give them give the, the players credit for one thing. They could, I thought this game was going to get out of hand. And it didn't. To their credit, they hung in there defensively. They were they did make some plays, so the play didn't get out of hand. And of course, they maybe owe something to Mike Nugent too, who man, he's had a good career, but is really struggling. Yeah, and that's that's something to watch going forward. Yeah, for for them. But but again, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's starting. It's starting to get that feel. And and I think we both agree when we look at that schedule in the second half. You're saying there are wins out there, but you do start to worry 
about confidence being, you know, hurt with this team. You start to wondering if, if, if guys start to question the coaching, what's yes. going on here. And that's where you start to you wonder, you know, are there going to be games that they like, of course, they're going to win that game. And oh, they didn't win it because they continue to make the same mistakes they've been making since week one. Well, how are you going to get anybody if you get too cute? And if every time there's a crucial moment that you can't count on the coach to make the right decision. Yeah, yeah, no question. I mean, that second challenge, Tom, is blatantly not giving your team the best chance to win. And and his answer was. Well, I thought you had to throw it there. Such a big play in the game. Um, Could it have been, you've got a a very big one yard is the way the rule is read. you know, very lenient with the one-yard rule from the ball, not from their alignment. So just put it on them and see if see if it was a yard or not. You know, I thought that was the best opportunity to. It was a big play in the game, big conversion. So if it had been a yard, it would have been good. It was a little bit more than a yard. We weren't good. Well, no shit. That's a huge play, right? But the fact is, it's blatant offensive interference. You look at the replay, you see what they called, and they're not overturning these. Two or three weeks ago, I specifically asked Freddie in a Berea press conference, hey, so far it's 0% overturn. I'm assuming, and he said, I'm aware of that. I'll have to know. Today, he said situation of the game. It was different. This is the NFL officials, just a middle finger to the league, right? They're, when they're, you can you can right. send it up the flagpole anytime. Officials you want. are not going to lay they're, out other officials, right? They're they're not going to change this. And especially on that play, on that play was a clear pick play, and it was just it, it. Sometimes they're nice, they're like accidental, like oh sorry, sorry not sorry, but that one was too. <laughs> <laughs> that was too much of a pick play on that one, and then again. When it was still a game, Julian, I, I think it was, might have been 17 or maybe 14 points, but Julian Edelman has a play where he felt, looked like he fumbled the ball, and the Browns can't challenge it because right. they have no more challenges. It, it was just unbelievable day. Let's uh, go to the deliberate taking of a false start, okay? Um, I'm a football nerd. I study some of this stuff, all right? I never coached anything other than powder puff. But I, I'm into these situations, right? I've read the books. I watch these games. I know what comes up. And what he was trying to say is the Browns went from 3rd and 11 to 4th and 11. And he said specifically, I'm not ready to give up. They're down 17, right? So what he was trying to say is he he decided to do that because half the punt team was on the field, half was off. He wanted to save the timeout knowing they're down three scores, that just in case. However, that just shows you're not coaching a step ahead because if it's 3rd and 11 and you know you're going for it and you know you're not giving up, before 3rd and 11, you instruct the offense we're going for it and then maybe even call a play that gives you a chance to get in 4th and manageable because you're playing the best defense in the league, right? You have done little all day, and even though the Browns competed, they're still not getting the 200 yards passing, and that's pathetic given the talent on hand. It's pathetic by any measure. But instead... You're, you're having your special teams player intentionally take a false start to make it fourth and 16 against the best defense in the league. And guess what? You get to keep your timeout. Oh. Congratulations. Oh, my. yeah. Again, it's just that that is the type of stuff we're, we're so used to seeing here, right? It's just why well, I say it's the same thing. It's yeah, the same yeah, thing. It, it is. And, and I'll tell you another thing that they've got to figure out here. And it's, you know, he the, the last game against Seattle. Beckham was a little bit more – Odell Beckham was a little bit more involved. But, my goodness, you go out and make that trade to bring a guy here for nights like this, for games like this. Look, 
he'll probably, as the season goes on, he's probably going to have some better games. Again, the competition is going to go down. But you brought him here for games like tonight. And, and with like five or six minutes left in the game, the guy had four catches, none longer than seven yards. I mean, it's, and, you know, after the game, I asked him point blank, are you getting enough targets? Now, again, he, as you mentioned earlier, he dropped one. He's, he's dropped some. But this, is, this, is, this guy is supposed to be your game breaker. He has one touchdown on the season. He's just there's too many games where you look at the end of the at the end of the day and he has not made a significant contribution. It's terrible, Tom. Uh, the, the getting him slip screens, swing screens to get him in the game, lining him up in the backfield. That's fine and dandy. Get him in the flow. I mean, he can take it when he touches it, but they are not getting him the ball. Uh, I mean, the, the numbers. Everything about the pass offense, and including changing offensive linemen on the fly. They played Eric Kush some drives and Wyatt Teller the other. This is like not youth football. Guards. Right. We are in Gillette Stadium. In 2019. And, and Freddie answered a question after the game, and he said something to the effect of, well, look at their banners up there. Well, look at the Browns banners. Incompetence over <laughs> and over again. You go and get arguably the most gifted receiver you've had in decades, right? Oh, yeah. And he is a non-factor in the games. He's dropping balls. He's jumping off sides. He's had Zach. He's had he's had one huge game against the Jets, the undermanned right. Jets, which were wrong like they're their nineteenth-string quarterback. Uh, he, again, he played pretty well against Seattle. Had decent numbers. Was was competitive in that game. But that's there's five other games where he has just not been a fa- not been a compelling factor in the game, and I don't understand how they are, cannot get him the ball. And of course, again, he's compounding problems by dropping passes. So it's I I don't think either one of us would have said on September seventh, well Odell Beckham, you know I don't know how many games are going to win, but they certainly are going to be able to get him the ball. He's going to make plays. It just hasn't happened, and it's unbelievable. Well, the coach is overmatched, and it's time for a discussion about that. Also, John Dorsey, receiving core is not getting it done. Your quarterback is somewhere between regressing and flat out hitting a wall. Your offensive line isn't good enough, which you've admitted. Your linebacking core is nearly non-existent. Yeah. Yeah, it's, again, it's, the honeymoon's over. Yeah, and again, this is, <laughs> and that's not that's not a ninety minute after the game overreaction. No, no, we're seeing it, and the thing is, is as, as you pointed out early when we were talking about what after the game against New York we both all three of us sat there and said they could still be two and five yeah. yes they won tonight but they have really only won one game where we thought uh, they might not win that game it, kudos to them they played well in Baltimore handed it to the Ravens other than that it, it's pretty much what we expected except for that that shocking loss on opening day but they have not been able to beat good teams. And you eventually you're going to have to beat good teams. And I'm just not convinced going down the stretch, you know, you, you think maybe they can win seven in the last nine. Yeah, they, they're hanging around again, but they just make too many mistakes, Zach. Well, it's your third loss by double digits. Yeah. It, it, quarterback throws mistakes. for 194 yards, gets sacked five times. You convert three of 11 on third down. Okay. okay. And and I know the yards matched up. And, and again, and, and like I said, the defense for about two and a half, three quarters played well. And the offense for about two-ish quarters played well. But I, I don't even want to dive into the yards and all that because, listen, Nick Chubb gets a 52-yard run and doesn't finish it. So those are empty yards, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you know, the Patriots, they, 
They win a time of possession. <laughs> they commit fewer penalties. They use different guys in different roles. They went at Greedy Williams. I thought Greedy held up pretty They were going to make him tackle. They did. And they just went at the slot. And Julian Edelman, two touchdowns. That's what he does. He's one of the best. Uh, a couple of them I can remember. Um, not just throws to Edelman, but Brady just a couple times. Just amazing throws. He is who he is. They are who they are, right? So the only thing the Browns can do is say, hey, we did not – this was not a laugher, Tom. No. To borrow my own line from whatever. But this was still a disaster because of the blunders. Is that fair to say? No, it absolutely is. I mean, there were there were times in this game, and it's weird to say this, but there were times where the Patriots looked, you know, if they could get them off the field one or two more times, they the, the, as you mentioned, the defense was holding up. They were forcing them off the field. And, and yet they just couldn't help themselves because of all the self-inflicted wounds. All the early turnovers, as you mentioned, three in the first quarter, and then the, just the morass of, of, of penalties, and then the coaching decisions. And, and we haven't even mentioned the last drive at the end of the first half. You, you have the ball. Uh, Freddie, remember, remember a couple weeks ago was saying he wanted to score twice at yes. the end of the half. Yes. This, this was just the slowest drive. And, again, he, had, he, was, he was what had hurt him on that last drive is when he had one timeout. One of them was a bad challenge. Yep. And one of them was his team was improperly lined up on a fourth down, so he called timeout. And, of course, New England converts the fourth down anyway. So he only had one timeout at the end of that drive. And they were just even they, – they complete a couple passes, and they're just not getting to the line very quickly. And then just decided, oh, let's well, screw it. We're not going to do it. We'll just let the, the clock run out. And it's like we've gone from trying to score twice at the end of one half to not even, like, trying to get in the end zone at the end of this half. 20 carries, 131 for Nick Chubb, but you can't give him an A, right, because of the two fumbles. Yeah, and he, he we talked to him after the game. He was really hurting. Uh, he just put it all on himself, as you would expect Nick Chubb. He said his teammates, coaches were great, picked him up. And, you know, again, after the turnovers, he continued to play well. But, yeah, the, the turnovers were killer. The first one was not his fault. The ball kind of got kicked out of his hand by his own teammate, Batonio, who right. got flipped over. But the second one was a crusher just because he did break several tackles to get that far. And you know, running backs, they gotta gotta hold on to the ball. That's you see that happen a lot at the end of runs. Guys come up and, and try to knock it out. So yeah, can't give him an A because of that. Uh, I mean, uh, who else do I even give? Olivier Vernon. Yeah, it played played game. his ass off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, best game as a Brown. Sheldon Richardson made some plays on the interior. Yep. Um, and listen, you know, they score a defensive touchdown, and then you throw you shovel past one to the eleven yard line. So the defense, you're not going to clamp Tom Brady, right? No, no. Uh, and now the Patriots did miss some field goals. <laughs> yeah, again, that, yeah, that, that, that helped keep the Browns in the game. And one blocked. Long day at work, tough day at school, still stuck at the office? Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities, so you might find a new favorite, too. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code BARKING. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code BARKING. Don't forget, that's promo code BARKING for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. Okay, where do the Browns go from here? We know they go to Denver. We know they're two and five, and they've left themselves little margin for error. 
Um, you know, if you look at it right now and, and you'd have to be extremely glass half full, and that means you're probably four to five glasses into what you've been drinking. <laughs> uh, if you are that, um, the Ravens schedule gets tougher. Uh, the Browns schedule eventually gets easier, but guys, <laughs> three game lead. we saw what happened last time they had to go on back-to-back road games across the country. They never got off the bus, right? Denver has a good defense. Um, now you're not going to need to score 28 to go in, which is good because getting a first down is a challenge. That's for sure. Um, then you come home and play the bills who I think got a little bit exposed today, but they still have a really good defense. Um, they're five and two. I don't think any the, any anybody involved with the two and five Browns is in position to take anything for granted. Then you have your Super Bowl against the Steelers. Um, you know, just let's just let's just go back to Freddie. I think that's all anybody wants to talk about anyway. I don't think they're going to fire him, Tom, and and I can't sit here and, and endorse that as the move. But this team is regressing. The same penalties, the same issues keep popping up. They came out and they got overwhelmed in the first quarter. And with the exception of the nature of the things, the, the crazy bounces and the kick, kicked fumble, it's not surprising. It's super alarming. It's not surprising. And then the game management where you 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 use challenges, you have no chance to win. You deliberately take a false start. And you, you just don't have any answers for why Odell can't get the ball, why you continually get beat on screen passes. Um, I think the Haslam's in, in John Dorsey and, and – those in Dorsey's inner circle have to have some uncomfortable conversations because this team um, is too talented to be two and five. And this team, frankly, is a mess. They are. And I agree with you. I I don't, I really, Zach, they're two and five. I don't know at this point, maybe why, you know, you, I think you let Freddie coach out the season. I I really do. Because if you do this twice in one year, if you fire your coach in mid season for the second time in one year, that says also something about you. As much oh, as it does, it sure does. As, as much as the guy uh, that that you're getting rid of, uh, I know that he inherited uh, Hugh, but this was his handpicked guy uh, at a time where there were probably there was interest with, because of this, the season that Baker's coming off of. As, at, this, at this point, I, I don't look at this team and say, "Boy, if you just change the coach right now, they're going to reel off eight wins and they're going to no, go in the playoffs." You're right. Well, let me stop you right there. But is this coach going to be? the one to help things get cleaned up and help this team hit that gear and find its potential. Because guess what guys, like this is the relevant NFL. You you have to be adaptable. You have to be smart. Games come down to a few bounces, a few decisions, a few plays all the time. Oh, right. <laughs> I, I think that's very fair as far as his future beyond this year. I, I completely agree with you there. I, I But I, I just, I'm not sure if you want to, if they were like a little doing a little bit better, and I thought, wow, this team is this just the coaching is the only thing holding them back. Yeah. I would agree with you to make the move. I, I just don't. But at this point, I'm, I'm with okay. you. I just I wouldn't make the move. Well, just in, just in general, um, this is why it's it, it's alarming because in John Dorsey, we all trust, right? And we know he has the most power in the organization, and we know he did a great job in turning over this roster. But um, we're not taking calls here. Thank the Lord. But on Monday morning sports radio, all the hate's going to be directed to the head coach yep. and the star receiver. Yeah, I think the head coach will, will you know this is this one's going to be right. very interesting. But the day. star receiver's non existent. Yeah. This, this was supposed to be the guy to take the offense to the next level. Yeah. And, and instead you're on your hands and knees begging for a left tackle, which has been a problem since you took over. Everybody yeah. knew Joe Thomas was retiring. Yeah. Right? And the defense can't get off the field. Yeah. Well, can't stop a screen. 
Anyway, <laughs> uh, any parting thoughts, Tom? We got work to do. No, uh, I just massive game. You know, uh, let's be honest, Zach. If they lose in Denver, I think the season's pretty much. Uh, I don't know if you oh. come back from two and six. Well, look, I, I I stopped this during the game. I mean, it was na- it, it was winter weather here today. The yeah. temperature said fifty, but it was a cold rain from yeah. early this morning. The wind wasn't always uh, blowing hard, but it was swirling. It was nasty out there. It was winter. The Browns are going to be in position in sub-zero temperatures to pound people with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yeah. But is isn't going to matter. Is the playoff race going to be over? And could can you count on your coach, your quarterback, and your passing game to make the big plays when he can? And right now the answer is no. And I don't – I. Don't see that changing. I, I have big, big-time worries that this becomes a complete disaster and that at some point between now and January, you have to make a decision. Yeah. And like you said, I, you're exactly right when that falls upon the whole organization. Just like having to play a backup guard at left tackle falls upon the whole organization. Yeah. Just like Odell not working out. And it's not over for Odell. It's no, not over no, for no, no. They gotta find. They gotta figure something out. They, uh, and, but it's it is amazing. We're in week seven and still having this conversation. It's bad. Uh, we wish we would have given you the lottery numbers instead of a prediction they were going to be two and five. <laughs> but they're two and five. I got nothing else to say. He's Tom. I'm Zach. We'll talk to you later in the week ahead of the trip to Denver on Civilized Park. Woof. <laughs>